there are people like us who will help. We will give you what you need uh, to get out there and give you the confidence to believe in yourself. And once you have that, it's, it's something you never look back. Welcome to the Resilient Recruiter Podcast. This is your host, Mark Whitby, and I'm delighted to be joined today by James O'Brien. James is the COO of iIntro, and for the last six years, he's helped hundreds of recruiting firms transition to a retained recruitment service. Prior to that, James was the managing director of EO Executives, an international executive search and interim management firm. His recruitment career dates back to the 1980s, although he spent much of the 30 last 30 years coaching and training recruiters, as well as being at the coalface of the industry. I've known James personally since 2017. He's such a great guy. He's been extremely generous with me, helping me with my business without any direct benefit to himself. Uh, so it's my absolute pleasure to introduce him to you as well. James, welcome. Thanks for being here. No, welcome, Mark. Thanks for the kind introduction. And, uh, you know, it's been great knowing you over the last four or five years as well. Fantastic. And, uh, our loyal listeners will remember episode 43 with Plamen Ivanov, your your colleague. Um, yeah. So if you haven't heard that one, go back and have a listen because Plamen is such a huge personality and, and uh, uh, very entertaining as well. So uh, lots of gold nuggets in that one. Hey, James, um, I want to compliment you on your video content uh, I've noticed over the last months and maybe, I don't know, maybe a, a year or so, you've been putting out really high quality educational content on video and uh, sharing that on LinkedIn. Uh, so if you haven't already connected with James on LinkedIn, find him on, uh, on, on, on LinkedIn and, and look at his activity and the kind of stuff he's posting. Um, we're obviously here to discuss retained recruitment, which is one of the, my favorite topics, um, as well as yours. But I wouldn't mind just picking your brains about video content production. Could you yeah. tell me a little bit about why you've done that and then like what the benefit has been? Yeah, well, sure. I appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, flattering me with that. My, my mum always said I had a great face for radio, so who knew I'd be so popular on video? <laughs> but there we go. Let me interrupt you for a second, because that uh, limiting belief, I think, is one of the things that stops people from creating video in the first place, is that they are mm. uncomfortable on camera and they, you know, they don't like to watch themselves on video, so they assume other people won't want to watch their videos either. Um, yeah. How did you How did you get over that? Well, the other thing is, as well, Mark, is people don't like the sound of their own voice. Right, true. And that's one of the things where we listen back, and you, you probably experienced that as well as I do yeah. at some point. And I think it's uh, the, the point you make is, if you're saying something that is going to be useful to somebody, then people do want to hear. And uh, one of my uh, one one of one of the companies I work with as well. Um, yeah, there's there's one of my colleagues there, and he's very um, he's quite self conscious about his accent, but I think that's what actually makes it real as well. You know, this is not us trying to speak in the Queen's English with a very plummy voice or anything silly like that. And I think you know what people appreciate is the the realness of of who you are. Yeah. Same is, and, and I'm sure you you know this well. You know, if you make a mistake, if you hesitate, if you um and you are well, that's normal. That's how we speak, isn't it? So uh, it's not really worrying about that. It's, it's just saying, if I've got a message, if I get the message across, people will value it and they'll appreciate the fact that, okay, a couple of little errors, 
neither here nor there. And, uh, you know, you know the fun parts of when you're doing videos as well, Mark, when you do the outtakes and the bloopers, which are always uh, a hoot as well. But sometimes we just leave those in because it goes with with the flow. So I think you've got to just take a, a, a leap of faith. Uh, think, okay, if my message is valuable and I get it out there, so people appreciate it. Don't worry about the haters. There's always a few of them out there, Mark. Aren't <laughs> yeah, they? Of yeah, the people who'll just uh, who'll just have a have a little knock at you, and they might say, "Well, you know, who wants to listen to a bald ginger-haired bloke with glasses and a bit of a beard?" Hey, you know, <laughs> there are people there, but uh, you know, that's that's not gonna that's not gonna uh, that's not gonna work. Absolutely, and you know, um, I've heard it said that if you're not getting any um, pushback, then you're not taking enough action. You're not putting yourself out there enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, totally agree. Like if, if you concentrate, I think the self-consciousness you get over by concentrating on the message you want to share, the value you want to deliver and how, how you yeah. can be a service, how you can help others. And if you put the emphasis on that external focus of like, I just want to help people. I want to like, I've, I, I want to, whether it's clients or candidates, um, I want to share my knowledge, then that can help to get over the, the self-conscious, you know, nest. I think so. And if, if you go back to that part about why, why do I do it? Mm. You know, I think, yes, you have to be a bit of a giver. You know, I, I'm a sharer. And, you know, when you work in, in, in some of the arenas I work in, part of the training, you know, then you have to like sharing information. But if you have the passion, if you're passionate about what it is that you're talking yeah. about, then you'll also find that people... Well, that that will resonate with them as well. So your your first question, which I avoided, not not deliberately, was to say, well, you know, why did we do it? Well, we live in a very visual world nowadays, you know, and people are either watching video or listening to podcasts, you know, all through our smartphones typically. So you know, when I walk the dog, Mark, I listen to the podcast. Uh, you know, when I'm you know, what time I might be scaring YouTube or something on LinkedIn, and 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 it's all about what we what we we've, we've tried various things, short, sharp sharp you know things in terms of 20 30 seconds they're great if you just want a sound bite um, which is normally a tease to get somebody in the the, the educational message we, we look to sort of put out a three to ten minutes you know that's the absolute maximum that you can do on on those particular pieces uh, and what we try to do is you know and i appreciate what you said as well about trying to educate the market because yeah it's not we're not all behind closed doors at the end of the day i'm sure we all run our companies for commercial reasons and we do that but you know we like to share, you know, we like to share information because we think, you know, this is our, uh, you know, part of our why, if you like, you know, when, when we share things with people, people want to share things back with us and maybe want to come and talk to us about how we can help them. Uh, and, you know, we like helping people. That's why we help them, we like helping them transition from where they're, where they're at to, to where they want to get to. Absolutely. So, Love so it. That's so what we're trying to understand. How, how long have you been, uh, have you been doing the videos for James? Um, I th- over the last three or four years, I mean, then, you know, what we did as we came up, you know, this is obviously we did, had no idea about COVID. You know, we were getting those videos out. We were talking earlier about, you know, being a giver because we like to share information in the hope that people will come back to us and see if we can help them. And so videos were just the, the medium. Now, you, you met Plarman. I think he said he was in episode 43. Uh, and I say that is yeah. well worth a listen. You might need to turn the volume down a little because he's sometimes <laughs> very loud. Um, and Plarman and I, we were, we were trying to do them. And, you know, you, again, you know what this is like. Sometimes you get trying to get spar. And, you know, we were, we, we were having some good sparring, which makes for some good video sometime. Uh, but then sometimes the messages have to be more, uh, they just have to be delivered in a very structured way sometimes. So we, we do two types of video. We do pre-prepared ones, you know, where we, 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 we're sitting, we really specifically want to get a message over, um, uh, you know, an educational type message, but underneath, let's be honest, there's probably a sales message in there as well. And then we've done, you know, we, you know, we start to think about, well, 
as we launched the Retained Recruiter Academy, which is our learning platform to help people sort of you know go through that journey, we said, well, let's give out some of that material. Uh, you know, we're happy to train people in the classroom or virtual classrooms nowadays, of course. Uh, how can we share, get that information out? So uh, we we've also done we do a lot of videos where, again, same as you, Mark, when you're when you're coaching people. Um, you don't necessarily know what you're going to say until you start saying it, depending on where the topic goes. So we've done some of those. And I think, again, some of the feedback we've had from those has been really positive in the sense of people say, well, listen, it was real, um, uh, yeah, rather than scripted. Um, yeah, from that sort exactly. of thing, I think, I think that's good. So I think, yeah, when you go back to earlier saying, you know, how people sometimes get self-conscious, um, sometimes, yeah, the scripted ones are, are probably the hardest ones to do. Yeah, because, oh, sure, it's just reading a script. Well, that can be difficult because, you know, unless you've got a really great memory, and I have a lot of admiration for actors who just read, you know, can can remember lines, uh, you're going to be seen on screen going like this, or you're watching people's <laughs> eyes go. And so you better, you better, going back to what we said, if you're going to record some videos, record something you're passionate about, and actually, you know, it'll come from the heart. And we talk about this as the flow comes from within you. You can just talk about it. Yeah, you're going to be talking to me about things today, Mark, and yeah, they're not going to be scripted. Even if you've got a few notes down a piece of paper, you're going to be talking about things and we're sharing ideas, but they're going to come from within, and that's what makes videos authentic. Uh, people can see that you're real, uh, and I think that's really important to get that across. So we we brought out these videos to to help audiences, you know, go on the journey that we we've we've been on ourselves, and we like to share with other people to help them go out there, make more money, charge better fees, uh, you know defend their position with their clients, you know, learn how to add real value, not just say we add value. Uh, so so those that's what our, our messaging is about, to help people go out there and, and, and make that change, really. 100% agree. Well, very well said. Yeah, I think video is a powerful medium for um, getting the attention of your target audience, building rapport so they start to know, like, and trust you, uh, showcasing your knowledge and your expertise. And as you say, like, uh, sharing and and adding value, which induces the law of reciprocity. People like get to know you, and they appreciate the information that you've put out. And then they're naturally going to be inclined to want to do business with you. And you know, it's something that we really promote within our coaching group is uh, getting people to step into the spotlight a little bit and to share their knowledge on LinkedIn as a way of building a following and and generating inbound you know, leads from clients and, and candidates, and it's very, very effective for that. So, I think, Mark, as well, gonna... I think what sometimes part of the fear is that people think, oh, what, what, what equipment do I need? Yeah, well, it's in your pocket. You know, the, the quality yes. of phones, whether it's an iPhone or a Samsung, the quality of those is, is fantastic nowadays. Um, yes. And, yeah, you might want to invest in a little tripod to just keep it steady rather than trying to hold it with your hand and sometimes – uh, get a bit of shake, but the quality, the audio quality is fantastic, and you know, and there's editing tools on it. So you know, yeah, of course, if you're going to do a lot of it, invest in a microphone. You might want to invest in a better camera and a little studio or of some type. But for most people, um, you know, they, they actually again go back to that word authentic. They like the authenticity of seeing. Okay, what's behind me? Well, this is a room in my house. This is my home office. What's behind you? Yeah, uh, they, they like seeing those those type of things. Um, but again, sometimes you can structure it. You can put a green screen, or you know, if we do, if we use Zoom, you get the virtual backgrounds now, which make you look like you're in somewhere you, you're probably not. Um, but I think uh, I think you know, again, just going back to that, just get started. The hardest part is jumping in the water. Yes. What we always like to say to people: it's lovely and warm if you just jump in. Hundred <laughs> percent, and uh, that 
idea of equipment is another excuse that stops people from getting getting started and just jumping in. Um, I have to put my hands up and say, I've been doing video for a long time, but I've not been super consistent. For me, the podcast is the consistent thing that I'm putting out there. But my colleague, Leanne, if you check her out on uh, on LinkedIn, um, Leanne Sarah Jones um, Hunt, and look at her um, activity and posts on LinkedIn, you'll see a lot more consistent videos. So this is a case of the student becoming the teacher. Now she's the guru, video guru in our, in our group. And I'm, you know, uh, I'm asking her. So if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you probably know that I run a coaching program called Inner Circle. You might be interested to know that starting on March 14th, I'll be working closely with a handful of recruitment business owners who want to double or triple their billings in the next six months. If you qualify, we'll give you a proven framework and help you install the exact systems and strategies that have helped our other members to achieve remarkable results. People like Alex, who increased his billings by 300% in nine months, and Martin, who went from billing six figures per year to six figures per month. You can watch these video case studies and schedule a free strategy session with my team at recruitmentcoach.com forward slash book a call. On that call, we'll explain how the program works, what it costs, and answer your questions with no sales pressure. If we're a good match for each other, fantastic. If not, absolutely fine too. I guarantee you'll enjoy the process and get value regardless of whether or not we decide to work together. There are three criteria to participate. Number one, you have an established recruitment search or staffing business and are already billing at least six figures. Number two, you're prepared to invest in your own development. And number three, you're coachable and open to fresh ideas that could improve your business. If that sounds like you, visit recruitmentcoach.com forward slash book a call and we look forward to speaking with you very soon. James, um, how did you come to get into this whole um, field of rec tech and, and, you know, retained recruiting as opposed to contingency. What, why is this important to you in your journey? Well, I'm going to take you back to 2012, if that's okay. So I'll try and yeah. sort of, you know, preface the story, but um, I was running, as you, as you mentioned, I was the MD and COO of um, uh, EO executives. Uh, yeah. That was a, an interim management executive recruitment business. I'm choosing my words carefully here, Mark. And uh, we were doing what I now refer to and or now learned is that the word for that is containers. So we were charging clients a small upfront fee, Mark, you know, £1,500. Um, and we were competing against retained search by saying, why would you pay all that money um, to deliver, you know, pay two thirds of the fee before you've seen anybody? You know, you know we could all argue against it. And, um, and I was looking and I was looking at our process, our service. Now, you know, I had a network of, of 50 people. You know, in 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 20-odd offices, 30 offices around the world. You know, that's a probably a bit, you know, more around Europe, a little bit of Africa. And and I just felt that our service was under par. You know, and I was saying, when we, you know, and when we were training new new recruits into the organisation, new partners into the organisation, we had a really fantastic process for interim management, you know, and, it, and we could see what it did. And then people said, well, well, how do you do executive recruitment, executive search? And we said, well, you just... So, you know, we've got 20 years experience and I know the industry inside out. I know all the kind of, that's not good enough. That's really, that's, that's not selling it. If I was putting myself in the seat of, a, of an employer, uh, a prospect, then why would I buy from me? Uh, and I was finding it very hard to answer why I would do that. So I was looking for something. Now, you know, RecTech has exploded over recent years, Mark, but it's been around for a while. 
and uh, and I attended um, a recruiter business re- recruitment business owner event, and I met uh, you know there was a speaker there who was who was up at the front talking about a piece of rec tech that he'd developed and invented and created that would help that journey to deliver better quality, higher fee earning. Uh, retained recruitment work, and that pricked my ears up because you know we saw ourselves as being wanted to be in the executive search field, not necessarily the tier one, but you know we wanted to climb the ladder. And it was this big Bulgarian guy sat at the front of this room, <laughs> and I'm thinking, what can a guy from Bulgaria who's actually talking with a bit of a, a Bulgarian Yorkshire accent, because if by at that stage he'd been in Yorkshire for 25 years, um, what can he do? But he actually he was actually sort of sharing a, a, a concept that he'd developed, a technology concept that he'd created for his own recruitment business up in Leeds, and um, was prepared to share it. You know, going back to that sharing uh, mentality. Uh, so, uh, yeah, to cut a long story short, um, when that software became available, which was another twelve months, by the way, um, I was there right at the front of the queue, saying, "I want that. I want to change the way I do business. I want to sort of you know give our clients a better experience. I want to give our candidates a better experience. I want to give our partners, our staff, our consultants, our team. I want to give them a better uh, experience and have the ability to, to do a better job." Full stop. So, in two thousand and thirteen, uh, we uh, in, in my old company became iIntro clients, and that was my first. Touch point. Yeah, of course, we had CRMs and, and things like that. But this is my first t- touch point with something that was not, you know, average or standard out there in the marketplace. And that helped me. We then started that journey um, you know, out there. And, and what I intro was back then, it was a software company. You know, we basically bought software off them. And um, if I wasn't the type of person I was and, and others like me, then it, it probably would have, you know, withered on the vine from, from my perspective because. Software is just software. You know, it's an enabler to do something different. What we were looking for, Mark, was the training, the coaching, the understanding that actually to go out there to start to deliver a retained recruitment service, which was our objective, we want to be executive search, um, we had to understand that there's a process behind that. And the process wasn't just say, hi, I'm a recruiter and I, I work on retained uh, you know, retained assignments only. Well, why? What's the benefit to the client? So we we, we deconstructed our intro from a training perspective and then put it into our business and it changed the way we do it. Now, uh, EO executives today, they're still, still out there, you know, they, you know, that's my, my former company, but they're still a client. Um, it'll be year nine this year. So I know that that platform worked now for my own reasons. Um, in the middle of 2015, I, I left that business. Um, and you know, having built up a really good relationship with Plarman and his business partner at the time, Paul Hickey, Sorry, say business part of the time. If Paul's listening, Paul's still his business partner. <laughs> Paul's still there. Shout still out there, to Paul. Yeah, he's still there. He's still there, Paul. Yeah. Uh, I'm just sort of sorry. I'm muscled in on it, so I, I feel like I'm there. So yeah, at the time, I just feel like it's three of us now rather than two, rather than two at a time. Um, yeah, they they were based in Leeds, and I live in York, and uh, and so yeah, I'd had a good relationship. Said, listen, you know, thanks. Yeah, I've enjoyed the last couple of years getting to know you guys, but I'm off to do something different. They said, what? I said, well. You know, when when you're looking at changing, you don't. All, you, you sometimes have your finger in a in a few pies. I said, well, I'm I'm looking at things. I said, well, listen, let's let's have lunch. So I met Plarman and Paul, had lunch. Uh, we spoke spoke things through. To cut a long story short, I joined the joined the company. Oh, and, fantastic! And that was how I got involved in it. And the last six years have been you know flown by. You know, something called COVID <laughs> happened, but yeah. that's actually good for our industry um, generally and our business. So uh, yeah, that's that was my 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 love affair with Rectech started then. And, I, and then what I've really enjoyed is working with literally hundreds uh, of recruitment companies, helping them go through the journey that I went through. It's not right for every company, though, Mark. I'm sure you know this. You know, I'm not here saying re- you know, retained recruitment is the only way you should deliver service. But I am somebody who says retained recruitment is, and again, retained recruitment, not executive search, retained recruitment 
is not just for the executive search assignments. That's something right. really important. It's a it's a it's a service method, uh, not just for the you know for the, for the people right end of the top end of the market. Right. Absolutely. I am evangelical about the retained model, and just from my own experience as a recruiter, I was found it contingency so frustrating because you can do everything right and still have the rug pulled out from underneath you, you know, for, and often, even if the client is well-intentioned, which they're not always, but even if they don't, they don't want this to happen, like they get acquired and then the whole, like you've invented hours or weeks or months on a, on an assignment. And then the, the, you're about to close the offer and they say, oh, Mark, we can't go forward actually because this, this, and this has happened, or they move the goalposts. We know all the things that happened. And I just felt that was hugely unfair that you've wasted all of this time, blood, sweat, and tears, and you literally are empty handed at the, the end of that. And we know that on average, contingency recruitment has a 20% um, success rate or conversion rate, which means that in a, in a five-day week, you're working four days for free uh, in a contingency, you know, if you're purely doing contingency. So, you know, I, I, um, I'm completely in agreement with, with you. you. I, think that, um, I think the challenge with that, ahead. Mark, though, one of the challenges with that uh, 80-20, which I agree with totally, mine was worse mm. than that. But, you know, I think it's a really nice analogy um, but people say, well, yeah, but that one day pay or, or, or pay you know, it is worth it. And the bit we try, that try to say on the retained side is, well, just turn that round. You know, we're not saying that you go from 20 to 100% efficiency mm-hmm. because that's probably unrealistic because of other things. But if you can go from 20 to 60, then mm-hmm. that, that means you could treble your income. Now, again, that might not be a straight, it might not be straight rationally, but it's, it's about saying that you don't think about, well, one day is good enough. Actually, you've worked really hard on the other four days, but if you could get paid for another two of those four days, that would could, yes. could treble your income. Now, again, people say, oh, there he goes. You're going to treble your income. Yeah, I'm just saying you're going to get more income, yeah? Uh, you're going to work smarter. You're going to be actually enjoying enjoying the experience with clients and candidates, and they're going to appreciate it much more as well. So I think uh, there's that. It's not about trying to say, oh, you're going to be 100% efficient and get paid for every single day of your time because, you know, there's there's downtime, there's admin time, which yeah, no one's going to pay you for that type, type of things that you have to do when you're running a business. So I think it, it's it's looking at that and saying, how can I become, what can I do to be more productive, to be more efficient? How can I get a return on investment? Uh, and yeah, that's when, when people come to us, Mark, that's what they're looking for. They're looking at the frustration, you know, oh God, yeah. and I honestly get it, you know, week in, week out, people saying that story that you just said, Mark, you know, through no fault of their own, they've been left hanging high and dry with, you know, and the client says, oh, I'm really sorry about that. I'll be back to you next time. But does it ever come round? Uh, and that's just a question well, that's not a great, a great efficient way to work. So people say to us, well, well, what do I, how can I become more efficient? Now, I suppose more importantly, how can I convince a client to actually retain me? That's a, you know, that's a skill mark. You know, you know that, I know that. Uh, you can't just say, hi, I'm James O'Brien. Can I have a retainer, please? I mean, you can try it, but it's not going to work. Uh, you've actually well. The funny thing is, James. Sometimes it will, right? And <laughs> oh, just that's true. even having the confidence to, you know, just almost making that decision. Okay, I am going to shift to this business model and making that mental shift in that decision is the first step, right? And uh, you're right, it's, it's, it's not gonna stand up to any type of resistance or, or challenge from the client, but some clients are already happy to work this way and are expecting to work that way. Mark, I was, I was running, um, we were running a little 
educational seminar yesterday actually and it was interesting um i got a really nice bit of feedback from from a lady yesterday who said i had i was listening to you and i had a light bulb moment remember this one of these educational things um and uh yeah she, she wrote a really nice piece and I'll, I'll share it with you in a second in terms of what she found to be the light bulb moment and we were just talking about the mindset which is what's in there yeah hi my name is james o'brien i want to re- I, I want to retain assignment yeah it will get you some way but obviously it, it doesn't stand up to scrutiny if people that probe behind you've got nothing behind it. You know, I'm confident yes. as you're confident there's something behind it. But what I said this, like, you know, what we're saying on this uh, call, what this lady picked up on was that out there, clients don't appreciate you. Yeah. And, and you know, I remember, you know, Mark, you said earlier, I've been in, the, in recruitment since 1980. I remember getting my first job in 1988 and I got a business card. I remember, you used to get paper business cards. And uh, it, my job title, I probably got it somewhere, uh, was recruitment consultant. Right. Whatever happened to the consultant? Because then we all of a sudden we became recruiters. Uh, and, uh, you know, you might have heard me say this before, Mark, go and type into Google recruiters are and see what pops up as, as the automatic suggestion. Not too pleasant. So there's that perception of what a recruiter is and what they do that the market has. And, and they have that for a very good reason. And it's because there are charlatans out there who, you know, you know or, or who don't give the service that we all want to. But if you hold yourself and if you have your own, uh, self worth and believe that you're worth it, you know. Then you should have the confidence to tell your client what it is that you do, and that is that you consult with them. Uh, and the, the phrase we gave is that you know, don't position yourself as a recruiter because a recruiter, in real simple terms, is somebody who goes and finds CVs for clients. Yeah, and th- that works. Don't get me wrong; that works in certain cases. But if you, all you need is put the consultant back in it. So what we said is, you know, consider this. Consider consider you're going to be promoted. You're going to promote yourself today. And you're going to say to your clients, you know, when, you know, what am I? I'm a management consultant who specializes in talent acquisition for the XYZ sector. Uh, and I work with companies like yours. Now, what does that mean? Well, actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to identify what it is that you're looking for. I'm not just going to find your CVs because my job isn't just to find CVs. You might think it's for me to find CVs, but that's what a recruiter does. They dip into a database, pull out a few CVs, and they'll do it in a couple of hours, and they'll find you whoever's available. May not be the best person, but it's a person available, and you, you interview them. And yeah, you go out there and hire them. But what happens if they leave? What's the true measure of a good recruitment exercise? Well, it's, it's whether the person stays for the medium to long term, not forever, but for the medium to long term. So the client, the employer, has actually had a return on their investment in you. So it's where we say to like, so, so my job is to find out what's going to make somebody want to stay here for the medium to long term. And just by accepting that you're looking for somebody with five years' experience, a degree in X, Y, and Z, and has worked for a good company like this, that's not really going to be the answer because you've done that before and it doesn't work. And so, you know, the various things we do, Mark, to try and help people understand that you've got to under- undertake a you know, recruitment process audit with, with organisations. You've got to find out what their retention rates are with new employees, not all of their employees, but new employees. You know, what process do they have in place to sort of, you know, keep people? You know, they say, well, we interview people three times and we offer them gym membership and we offer them, a you know, you know Friday afternoons off or, or whatever it might be. No, that's not what it's about. There's more to it than that. Uh, and so we put, we put in place some simple questions with employers to say, you know, just tell me, of the last 10 people you've hired, how many are still with you one year later? And we always get back from clients, you know, when they have a think about it, it's seven or eight. Maybe it's an eight or a nine, but it's normally seven or eight. It's around that type of region. So, so what that says to them is they've got a 70 to 80% success rate. And what's the opposite of success? The opposite of success is failure. So that also means they've got a 20 to 30% failure rate. But being glass half full type of people, we focus on the positive. And therefore, people think that's okay because that's the norm. And I remember 20 years ago, I was running a company called Pittman Training Mark. It's a secretarial uh, training business. And I remember asking myself that very same question and patting myself on the back as a 
former recruiter, uh, saying, well, I get it right seven, eight times out of ten, can't get it right all the time, can I? Uh, and then you say to yourself, as a recruiter now, or as a management consultant specialising in talent acquisition, how many of, my, of the last ten people I've placed, I probably don't measure it, but how many of those are still in the job one year later? And most recruiters say to us, Mark, nine or ten. So I say, well, how are you using that value? Because if you get the client to say seven or eight, and you know yours is nine or ten, there's a gap. You're already better than them, but how do you get that across to them? How do you put that into a value proposition that says, this is why you should work with me? Why is it nine out of 10 or 10 out of 10? What is it that you do differently that you could share with the client? Not just saying, I know the market. I've got a great you know, contact book of, of, uh, of people who are in your sector. What is it you specifically do? And again, so I intro, what we try and do is help people. We help productize the process. Yeah, it, recruitment is an intangible. How do we help them productize that so they can show the client? Yeah, for those people who are a bit visual, show the client what it is that you do and say, this is what I do for you. Now, if you like this, for me to do that takes a lot of effort. It isn't just about me going over to a little filing cabinet and coming up with three or four CVs or a database or LinkedIn. It's actually me doing the work, the selection, the assessment work. And if you like that, you need to get me to do it for you. So you commit to me and I'll commit to you. And if you don't want to, that's okay, because somebody will do go and find you some CVs, but that's not me. But if you'd like me to find you some people who are going to stay with you medium to long term, give you a great return on investment, and I'll deliver it in a process where you know you've got some guarantee because we'll also help back it up with a 12-month free replacement mark, or up to 12 months for sure. Um, so we're actually giving the client confidence in our process, and that's why they'll buy retainers, Mark. Yeah, because you give them the confidence that, you know, you're not just talking. You're actually showing them what you do. And, you know, we, we, get, we get clients, and they just say, Wow. And, and again, week in, week out, the feedback we get from clients, you know, I mentioned they come to us for a reason. Sometimes they'll say, how, how much does it cost by your service? How, how, how am I going to measure my return on investment? And uh, we had this uh, very nice client in the US, uh, probably quarter four last year. And he came on and said, you know, well, I, I'm going to give this a go. I want to test out if I can transition over and maybe you can help me. Um, so, you know, he, he, we knew that, you know, you'll know this sometimes, Mark, you get the clients who, who want almost an immediate return. They think there's a light switch, you can just turn it on. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. Now, this is a really nice guy. He's a British guy gone out to the US. I think he's probably in his 30s. Um, so a really bright, bright recruiter. And he's working in the uh, startup market. Well, he, he went, you know, he, he went through our training program, you know, a bit of coaching to say this is what you do. He took it all in because he was very keen. And then he put it into practice and he jumped in. Going back to what that analogy we said, he jumped in the pool because it's scary. When you pitch for the first time something that you've never pitched before, you know, you're always, you know, you're trying to say a fee to come out of your, and it's stuck in your throat because 30, 30, 30, 33% they almost don't believe in themselves. And uh, this guy's name's Greg. He pitched at the 33%. He was on a quarter of a million dollar roll mark, $80,000 of fees. I know Greg actually. In fact, I'm pretty sure. He heard about iintro on this podcast. Oh, you might um, well be right. And uh, is he in California? He certainly is, and is yeah, 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 yeah. Is. Such a great guy. Hey, I spoke to him. Um, I spoke to him last week, and he's done it again. And he's got another eight roles coming from these two two client organizations. So yeah, he's a great success story for a fast ROI. Now it's not always like that. Sometimes it's a bit of a slower burn, um, but you know it's all about uh, getting pe- people out there. Um, and one of my favorite stories is, you know, another one of our clients who, yeah, and some people make this, they make this mental shift. I said to you back in 2012, 2013, I wanted a shift. Uh, not many people are prepared to do that. 
Yeah, um, but we, we've got a, a couple that we work with. You may know them. Uh, they're called Esther and Jared, and they took the decision to stop, to stop working where they, in the market they were in and just finish and then start again and, and move to you know, an, an overnight. Now, again, it wasn't overnight. It took a bit of time because you're leaving behind all your relationships that she'd built up over 20 years uh, to go and start a new market in a new sector. But they persevered, and, uh, and again, they've gone out there and, uh, you know, again, are in the you – know, I haven't spoken to them this year. Don't know when this bit people listen to this, but it's early part of the year. But uh, you know, at the back end of last year, they they were on for a, I think it was a, a good three hundred thousand of uh, retained fee income from uh, almost a, a startup in twenty twenty. Uh, let, let's call it that one. So so people can get that if they're prepared to put in the effort, and it's through working with people like you, Mark, as well as ourselves, people getting the right coaching and support to say that you know there are people like us who will help. We will give you what you need uh, to get out there and give you the confidence to believe in yourself. Uh, and once you have that, it's 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 something you never look back. You know, um, if if you know, I love talking to employers. So part of the service we offer to our clients, we we call it pitch like a pro. So we will pitch with them if they want. Sometimes it's that, that oh, hard, cool. hard to get over. So we'll, we'll we'll help them go through those first pitches. I remember another one, Mark. You talk about uh, California. One of our clients in the US said, "Can you come on a call with me, uh, James, and, and help me just close this one?" Sure. Um, and uh, it said, "So you know, it's on a Friday. Uh, no problem. Two thirty. He was in Philadelphia." Uh, so I thought, yeah, no problem. Yeah, in the UK, yeah, two thirty is uh, seven thirty in the evening. He didn't tell yeah. me it was actually in two thirty in in California. His client was was West Coast, hmm, so it was like ten thirty on a Friday Oops. night, and I'd already arranged to go out for someone. So it was, but I, I did I didn't go out. I I actually sort of yeah stayed and made the call, and, uh, and and obviously we closed that business, which was good. But you talk to employers, and and I we watched them, and I, I then carried on that that uh, campaign or assignment that we we worked with them, and watched their eyes change as we went through what we call the reveal process when we reveal the shortlist the information the rich information we give them they never this was a billion dollar company by the way they'd never seen anything like this so a billion dollar company has recruited a lot of people and they'd never seen anything delivered in the way that we delivered so uh, it's fascinating watching it from both sides from the recruiter side from the employer side uh, to help people get through there but uh... i did a poll on linkedin recently to find out what fee percentage recruiters charge and it confirmed what I'd learned from speaking with so many recruiters every day. The majority of recruiters are undervaluing their service and cutting their fees to become more competitive. Listen, if you want to protect your cash flow and build reserves to protect your business against whatever might happen in the future, you need to be earning more for each placement, not less. The challenge, of course, is how to increase your fees and still be competitive iIntro has helped hundreds of recruiters to make small but critical adjustments to the way they pitch and win business so they can win more clients who are also willing to pay higher fees. For example, one of their clients typically earned £5,000 per placement. But just a few weeks after working with iIntro, she won a new piece of business on a retainer, so in other words, she got a deposit, and her fee was an incredible £20,000, four times her average. If you'd like to see how iIntro can help you to grow your recruitment business and increase your average fees, just go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained and book a free consultation. There's no obligation. And if you mention that you're a listener of the Resilient Recruiter podcast, iIntro have pledged to offer you a 25% discount off any of their services. Just go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained to get started. 
So, wow, that was a torrent of information, James. Uh, but beautiful little masterclass on how to pitch and win retained uh, search. You did like a five or 10 minute, like asking the right questions and then explaining the, you know, the value and demonstrating or showing uh, how you were going to deliver the ROI and then, you know, asking for the order. So, Sorry, Mark, um, I probably got on my soapbox there. No, that was that was brilliant because that, that's what I was looking for from you was really concrete, um, actionable insights that people can like they can implement straight away. Um, and I love the questioning, by the way, about asking, you know, in the last year, how many people have you hired and how many of them are still, you know, still with you a year later? And realizing that gap, that was it. That's a, that's a huge light bulb moment. I think for a lot of listeners is realizing, well, if nine or 10 out of 10 people that you've placed in the last year are still there, but clients, you know, are only managing seven or eight of them, then how much is that worth? Like, what's the impact of that to the organization? What's the cost savings in terms of, you know, having that, that staff turnover and, you know, instead of focusing on justifying your fee or arguing like, well, other companies are only charging us 15% and getting into that nonsense, it's really completely reframing the value that you're bringing to their whole recruitment process and the ROI, you, you, you put it in terms of ROI to the business. And if we start positioning ourselves that way, rather than we're competing with other contingent firms at, you know, 10, 15, 18%, then, um, you know, that is, that could transform the way people pitch and win business. Um, I was going to say one of the things that we do, and I touched mm -hmm. on these words earlier, we, we undertake um, with employers, we take, mm -hmm. undertake something called a recruitment process audit because mm -hmm. most things revolve around time, people, and money. Yeah, so we work yeah. with clients, say, listen, there's three, three promises I can give you. We're going to help you, yeah, reduce your commercial downtime. That's the amount of time you're currently wasting interviewing and hiring the wrong people. Yeah, because it's, it's a huge time killer. But your people, we're going to help you improve the productivity of your people. We're going to improve your new employee retention rates. So when we go through that questioning technique, you know, seven or eight out of ten, well, actually, our our success rates, and we track these, are ninety six percent. So we're going to help you improve that, and you know, that's going to have a consequential impact on your business because when you've got a team that's not churning as much. You know, and for all of you people who like sports analogies, you know, if you've got all of your players on the pitch most of the time, then you're going to you're just going to perform better because you get in sync with each other. But if the team's constantly chopping and changing, then the performance starts to dip and uh, and, and not really move about. So so we can help you improve the performance of your people. And number three, we're going to help you. You know, the critical one for a lot of organisations and the words we use, we reduce your overall cost to hire. And you know, what does that mean? That doesn't mean I didn't say I reduce my fee. So we're going to reduce your overall cost to hire. So we help them understand how much their current process is costing them, their, how much their current recruitment process. And we've got a, a really nifty tool, Mark. Um, it's on our website. It's called a bad hire calculator. And clients can just input five pieces of data. Yeah. How many people did they hire last year? How many are still with them? Yeah. How long did they last <laughs> in months? Yeah. Uh, how much did you pay them on average? And how much did you pay recruiters? And we then do this uh, this analysis that says, okay, this is how much it's costing you based on not 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 numbers we've made up, by the way, based on a piece of research done by in the UK, the Recruitment and Employment Confederation. It's a few years old now, but there's nothing more more recent than that, and it shows the cost. And just in real headline numbers, Mark, just for people to be aware of this, yeah. And there are other, I think the CIPD also do something. Is roughly, it's, you're talking three to three and a half times salary 
So if you're talking to a client who keeps on losing people at 50K basic salary, every time they lose someone, it's cost them 150,000. And this, what we're able to do is evidence that for them and say, listen, if you improve that, it, we can't necessarily save it all, but we can save you vast proportions of it. Because if you're losing three people out of 10, and we can help you lose, you know, less than one, less than half of a person, then there's got to be a consequential impact. And that's where you show them you've added value. And then your fee melts into the distance. So whether you're charging 33%, 25%, 20%, and the market's charging 15 doesn't matter. Your fee now is inconsequential because you're offering. James, by the way, let me. I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a minute. I love the bad hire calculator concept. My question is how many clients are either A, know the data points, or B, are willing to tell you those numbers? Well, yeah, that's a really good point, Mark, because uh, yeah, the calculator, you know, the questions we put in the calculator, if people are doing it by themselves, says, you know, how many people did you employ in the previous year? Yeah. Okay. So here we sit in February 2022. So our calculator say, how many people did you employ between February 21, well, actually March 21, and February 20, sorry, March 20 and February 21? And the second question is, how many of those people are still with you? Now, no idea. Which is why I gave you the question, Mark, earlier, which is to overcome this one, which is of the last 10 people you've hired. So forget the timeline. Ah, uh, that's better. And so we say, yeah. right, let's pop in the 10 you said. Now, of those 10 people, how many are still with you? Seven or eight. Great. Fantastic. Now, I want to give you one other little nugget, Mark, um, uh, for, mm -hmm. for that question. Because if people like that question, if they're listening in, it really is a good question, particularly if you know what your stats are, as we do. Um, but when you get people saying, you know, last time, they say, yeah, okay. Well, does that mean that 20 to 30% of your people leave? And the answer has to be yes. That's what you said. So does that mean that your recruitment process has got a 20 to 30% failure rate? Mm. Quite a hard thing to say to somebody because you're trying to make friends in a prospect meeting. <laughs> so, but then you just, you know, remember we're management consultants now. So sometimes we've got to give the bad news before, you know, we've got to, yeah. get, we've got to make them feel a little bit of pain before we give them the solution. But here's a great question. Here's our killer question. Freebie for you. Go for it. The killer question is to say to the, the, the prospect, is there any other process in your business where you would accept a failure rate of 20 to 30% and leave it alone? That's normally a light bulb moment for most people to say, well, no, of course not. Well, why do you do it with people? Because it says on your website, people are our greatest asset, but you just churn 20 to 30% and don't think about it. Absolutely. Why is that? So then you say, okay, so surely there's some room for improvement. Uh, and the answer is yes. So it just helps the conversation go along. Now, the other thing we'll say to people, Mark, is you know, let's, let's be clear on this one. Most, rec most recruiters don't have enough client meetings. So when you do get one, it's gold dust. But the only reason a client is meeting you is because they're, they're implicitly telling you or tacitly telling you that actually I've got a problem. I'm not telling you what it is yet, but there's no reason anybody wakes up today as an employer says, you know what, I'd love to see a recruiter today. <laughs> Let me get that guy, right. James O'Brien, in. Just have a, yeah, just chew the fat. No, they don't. They invite you in because they're not happy with their current provider or they're not happy with something. If they were happy, you wouldn't get a look in. So something you've True. done or said in your marketing in your pre-sales to get in front of that client is there. So don't waste the opportunity when you're with them. Don't waste that, that golden chance to go in there and close for business. And most people, they just focus on saying, oh, what you know, they, they ask about the job. No, ask about why they're hiring. Ask about their current recruitment process. What is going wrong? What do they like? What don't they like? What are the consequences, yeah, 
Uh, and for anybody who's been done any basic sales training, spin selling will give you some of that, uh, you know, that uh, sort of background to do that. You know, poke the problem, you know, identify it, and then actually show them how you're going to fix the solution. And most people appreciate that. And you're saying, this is what I can do for you. If you don't want me to do it, that's okay. Because, I, I, you know, again, one of the beauties, Mike, uh, Mark, when you actually sort of get through to being a retained recruiter is you only need to work on one or two pieces of work per month. Whereas when I was a contingent recruiter, it's like, how many jobs can I get on? Because I'm only going to fill 10% was my number, Mark, by the way. I'm only going to fill 10% and then mind 20%. So I've got to get 10 jobs on to even have a chance of filling one a month. Here you get one or two. So when a client says, no, I don't want to pay you, I don't want to do that. Well, if, you, if you're brave enough, step away because you don't yes. need every client. And, you know, and one of the things we try and train people on is train them on how to pitch. So, again, we developed something called the Retained Recruiter Academy because I mentioned earlier that you know when I bought iIntro, it was just a software company. Now we're so much more than that, Mark. You know, obviously, we've identified that you know people need coaching, training, and support. So, we developed the Retained Recruiter Academy to help them through that journey. You know, it's it's a it's a four week to 20, 52 week, you know, one month to twelve month program to help people transition because they need help and support. And that's why I recommend people like you, Mark, in terms of you know to to go through that coaching and seek extra support whilst you're going going through that. Because most recruitment firms, and eighty percent of them in the UK, according to the REC, are less than ten. A lot, of them, a lot of them are just single, of course. You know the you know yes. thirty odd thousand recruiters. So it's actually quite a lonely life they lead, and you know having having the support of a coach to help guide you through some of those times and just challenge you to get thinking. No doubt the work that you do, Mark. You know, we're not coaches in in the, in the way that you are. We're we're more we more provide the training and uh, support around our system. But it's pivotal if people want to you know make a permanent change to what they do. It's it actually what what you guys do and what we do are very complementary, and that. Uh, is demonstrated by the overlap in clients. Like I have a lot of the clients in my inner circle coaching program are I intro customers. So um, it's definitely complimentary. So the final thing I wanted to wrap up on, which I think is something you guys are brilliant at, is um, helping people to create uh, a differentiated service offering, which it's, it's amazing to me how I I, th- I think ninety eight percent of recruiters sound the same, and if everyone is saying more or less the same types of things, the client has no basis for really distinguishing one provider from another, apart from price, really, or you know who they might like someone's personality better, but really you know it's 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 not a uh, a real basis for building a. A recruitment business. Um, so my um, one of my mentors, Romney Raws, had an acid test, which is well. First, he would say, "What you know? Why should I, a prospect, choose to do business with you to partner with you instead of you know any of your other com- competitors? You know what do you offer that is better, superior, different?" and we, he would solicit people's answers. And, and the funny thing is the answers people come up with are the things that you mentioned at the beginning, like, well, we're specialists or, well, we've been doing this for X number of years or, um, you know, we, we have the best quality or we're really, we can fill the job more quickly or we have an excellent database or, you know, we're very honest and ethical or, you know, we, it's, it's these types of, of, of uh, statements. And, the question you need to ask yourself is, so none of your competitors can claim any of the same things. And then they go, well, 
I guess they could say it, but when, but for us, it's really true. And, you know, and that's fine. And I believe you, but the challenge is that the client has no basis for knowing that it's true. And then I hear the recruiters will say, but the proof is in the pudding. Once they try our service, then they'll, they'll perceive the difference and they'll be able to, they'll recognize that, you know, they are happier with us. And I'm saying, but that's, that's not good enough because they have to buy, they have to use your service before they can, you know, uh, perceive the difference. We need to have something we can show them up front before to help them make that buying decision, because otherwise they may, you know, go with the com- uh, competition, even though you could have genuinely delivered the the better value for them. So um, w- could you, you, you've highlighted a couple of things. One was like a really strong guarantee. The other is, um, the retention over 12 months. Uh, what else do you guys do in relation to giving people a really solid differentiator that's tangible, that's unique, um, that allows them to charge a higher price and um, win more business? I think it's uh, yeah, the what you just said there, Mark, it, it's sort of taken from our coaching manual as well and training manual because when we get uh, new clients together, we, we ask them, you know, what are your current USPs? And we use that exact word, you know, and I ask them, what is it that makes you unique? And they say everything that you just said. And then so you obviously try to say, listen, is that really unique? I, I get it. It's a good point. So please, oh, I said, please don't stop saying those things because they yes. are good things. But that's, that's, that's the entry level. Yeah. What's going to make a client? Yeah. And that's what we said. Put yourself in the shoes of a client. Why would I choose you? Why would you choose James over Mark or Mark over James or yeah, whoever? If we, because we all do sound the same. And you know, unfortunately, if there is no differentiator, it comes down to the one thing that they can differentiate on. Who's going to do it cheapest? And there's always somebody who will do it cheaper than you. So it, we, Absolutely. So, so as the world of recruitment, we've actually become our own worst enemies. That's what's driven prices down because you know, there's, there's, no, there's no value in what we do. So what we do uh, at iIntro is, is we try and help uh, our clients understand, listen, You've got to say those things, but you've got to say more. So the three pivot points I touched on earlier, you know, reduce, we help, here's what we're going to help you do. Reduce client commercial time time. It's okay. what we call a pivot point, Mark. Okay. So what, what we mean by that is, I can just say that, but it's, that's, so what the heck does that mean? So what does that mean? So we ask client questions, you know. So when we say reduce commercial time time, let me ask you this question, Mr. Mr. or Mrs. Client or Mr. Prospect or Mrs. Prospect. Have you ever interviewed somebody? And as soon as you met them, you just knew it was going to be a waste of time. But you interviewed them on the strength of their CV. Yes. Yes. How did you feel about that? Well, it was a waste of time. Who did you blame? The recruiter. Yeah. Yeah. They sold me this CV. Okay. So uh, how you didn't feel good about it. So imagine that's not going to happen to you in the future. We're going to help you save time there. My second question, and these are all leading questions, Mark, as you'll know, is have you ever hired somebody who leaves you within the first 12 months? And we may not have done the recruitment process all by this time, of course. And they're going to say, well, yeah, of course. Okay. Now, how did you feel about that? Was it a waste of time? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we felt we got waste of time. They duped us. They, they weren't the person we thought they were. They weren't able to perform, whatever it might be. Okay. So we're going to help you eliminate that time. Can't get rid of all of it, but we're going to help you save time because we all know time is money. So that's number one, reduce your commercial downtime. But it's a pivot for us to open the conversation. We're opening the conversation because we don't want to sound like every other recruiter. Number two, we're going to help you improve your new employee retention rate. First thing we have to do is help you establish what is your current retention rate, not your long-term one, because I say, oh, we've had people that have been here 35 years, yeah? And that's where we'll ask the question, the last 10 people and so on. So, okay, and now, and then we're going to say to them, you know, just so you're aware of this, our retention rates are 96%. 96% of the people that we place are still in the job one year later, and 93% are still in the job two years later, yeah? 
So we're going to give them something to, to hang on. Okay, that's different. Yeah. Now, you can still argue, but how do I know it's true? You know, so you're looking better. And then number three, you're going to help you reduce your overall cost to hire. Oh, you're going to reduce your fee is what they hear. And that's what I said, no, I'm going to help you reduce We're going to evaluate. We're going to do a recruitment process audit to identify how much money your current recruitment process is costing and how much you're wasting. And I'm going to show you how we can help you reduce that. Would that interest you? So we're opening a conversation to sound different, yeah, because we are different. And then the client's going to say, okay, and we might take them through the calculator now, Mark, if it's relevant. It's not always relevant. We don't, we don't drum it down, everybody. And then we go into um, what we call a demo. Yeah, we're going to demonstrate mm-hmm. our process and it's visual. Yeah, we're not just, you know, we're going to talk, we're going to say to clients, okay, let me share with you. Yeah, and what we say to clients, I want you to compare what your current process is. And remember, they've just told you. And most clients say that here's our process. Yeah, we have a vacancy. We polish up the job description, push that out to the recruiters. The recruiters go out and find people. They send us a, a, a few CVs. We might end up with a handful of desk CVs. We then decide who we want to interview. And we go through two, three, maybe even four interviews sometimes to get people on, and then we offer them a job. So compare that process to what I'm going to show you. Compare what you get from your recruiter with what you'll get from me as your consultant. What your recruiter gives you is a CV. And we then take them through the iintro platform. And we say, this is how you do it. It's obviously rec tech nowadays, so it's all online. It's software as a service, of course, so it's all online for people to see. We say, you, you can log in from anywhere. When, you, when we reveal your shortlist to you, which is the reveal when we've actually got everybody ready, and the phrase we use is we utilize multiple layers of scientific and objective assessment to help clients make more informed hiring decisions. That's what we're going to do. We're going to give them more information before they interview. And this is to make sure they don't interview people just because they've got a beautiful CV or resume if you're listening in the US. Uh, yeah, so, so from that side of things, we said, no, we're going to give you more information. Yeah, we're going to give you a behavioral assessment based on what your needs are and whether this person fits them. We can look at video introduction. We can look at key competency assessment. We can look at video assessment. We can look at you know, all you know, analytics nowadays in terms of when people, you know, the way I'm moving around, you know, it, it means things. You know, we can actually help with all that information and we present it to you online. So you can review and it's convenient. And then we're going to talk them through you know, what we provide for the candidates because candidate experience is really important because candidates are just contacts or clients in disguise, Mark. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I hate the way candidates are treated in, in recruitment, but actually, we treat them as as, as human be- human beings, not commodities. And so, so their pro- their engagement in our process means they have to do some work. Uh, yeah, a bit more than just sending in their CV, but we get them involved in that, so they experience that. And then when you show the client, this is the rich information we're going to give you. Now, you can carry on with your fifteen percent CV based supply service, which fails thirty percent of the time, or you can come on this journey with us, a much richer journey. Doesn't take it. It's not going to sort of take any more time in reality when we actually explain what the time profiles are. Yeah, we're going to improve your productivity of your team because these people will stay with you longer. We'll prove that to you. And we're going to reduce your overall cost to hire. And we're doing two ways. We've evaluated what the total cost is. And although our fee is higher, and we obviously have the objection of, hey, why I'm not going to pay 25% when I'm paying 15%. We do realize you're paying 15% twice. Because when you lose somebody after three months, <laughs> right? Yeah, most recruiters yeah, lose somebody after six months. Sorry, most recruiters have got a, a ninety-day you know, rebate period. After six months, it's you're on your own. Well, we're, we'll offer you that, uh, as we said, that industry-leading guarantee of up to twelve months free replacement. We'll do the work for you again. Guess what? We don't want to do the work again. We prefer to do it right first time. But we'll do that if something goes wrong. And four percent of the time, Mark, which is one in twenty-five, something does happen beyond everyone's control, mm-hmm. and uh, we have to go through the work again. But you know what? That makes us with the client trustworthy 
They can come right. back to us and we do the work again. So you know what? When they've got a new vacancy, who are they going to go to? They're going to come back. So it's all about making ourselves sticky. So we help our clients. Yeah. And any more you're in a circle, Mark, you want to come and join us and have a chat with us. We'd love to have a chat with them. They just need to click on a link somewhere around here and no doubt they'll find us. But if they, they come, we'll show them what we do. And that's uh, the way that we demonstrate the platform for the majority of prospects, client potentials, you know, who are very visual. It shows them why you're different. And that's at the end of the pitch we've done with them. And we'll take them through a close and we'll we'll tell them why they should retain us and we'll tell them how much they should pay and why they'll pay it. But actually we find that most clients, most prospects, sorry, because they're not clients yet. Most prospects who are going to say, they don't, they don't query paying 25%. People say, people listen and say, yeah, they do. Well, they do if you're just selling a CV service. But actually when they go through it, we ask them, how does this compare to what you're currently getting? And it's chalk and cheese. And, you know, James, this has been awesome. By the way, we will share the link to the, uh, to if people want to book a demo, we'll share that in the show notes. Um, but what I would say is, Thank you for being so generous with your knowledge. And, and whether or not people go with iintro, you've given so many valuable like phrases, tips, key questions to ask, and, and really just the framework for how you structure that conversation around retained um, assignments. So thank you so much. I, I, we could talk all day. Um, I could talk about that. Sorry about that. Out of time for now, but uh, it's been awesome catching up with you, James. Thanks a lot for being here. Yeah, I'll see you on the other side. Thank you so much for listening to The Resilient Recruiter. If you've enjoyed the show, the best way you can show your support is to click that subscribe button. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.